everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this um, Don't Breathe Outside Challenged weekend. <laughs> but it's great. To, and thank you, Canada. Really appreciate it. <laughs> we got a great show, though, here indoors. Um, our drink segment, segment today is um, kind of a special one. Brian Landry, he's the executive chef at the St. Regis, Washington, D.C., and Michael Scoutens, who is the uh, assistant GM, have brought us news and tastes of the First Lady's afternoon tea. It's a high tea, and it's an homage to the women of the White House. It's a tea. We're not calling it a high tea. We're well, calling no, it an afternoon tea, but we'll get, we'll get to it. We'll according get to, to it. the Marylanders, they'll come in high now. Okay. Because <laughs> today. All right. Uh, and next, we're talking about the finer points of real Mexican food with Blaine Welsh. She's the executive chef. At Destination Unknown Restaurants, that's Destino, Las Gemelas, and Ghost Burger. So prepare yourselves, mis amigos and amigas, for that. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. And this guy keeps popping up. He's back. It's Clyde Davis, managing partner of House Bar. We just like him. He's the only man and in the studio with better, so with better biceps than mine. There we go. Okay. I feel better now. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all the kinds of things that House Bar uh, there is doing, their lineup, and how he's really changing the face of spirits and spirits training, mm-hmm. and the way people can move around in the industry now. Right. You're a mm-hmm. you're a uh, okay. pace setter, dude. And he's back again, Kareem, uh, Mr. Bake. Where are you, Mr. Bake? You're back yes, there. Yes, yes. Mr. Bake is here. He's the celebrated 2023 James Beard semi-finalist pastry chef. He's going to be on the Today Show on July 4th. Mm-hmm. So tune in if you're up. Uh, and he's here with a, a bunch of hot off the presses news about his awesome dessert lineup. So first, Brian, Michael. Hi, guys. Hi. Same Hi. Regis. Thanks for having Thank us. you, yeah. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about this sort of feel and vibe of the St. Regis and how it leans into an afternoon tea scenario. Afternoon tea has been a, a staple of the hotel for a lot of years. We, mm-hmm. We've had... Um, some of my chefs have been working there 30, 40 years, and they've been doing afternoon tea ever ever since. So it's, it's I've been coming there 30 or 40 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. But what, is, what do you think the lure of an afternoon tea is? Like, for, is it more for tourists? Is it more for people who live here? Like, since it's, you're there doing it, what, what do you it, think? It's, it's both. You know, it's, it's a little bit uh, glamorous. It's a place to go and, and take your photo with, uh, with the, the beautiful lobby of the hotel. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've got um, a stunning... Uh, interior design. Well, you can clear this up. Did Michelangelo do the ceiling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's yeah, original, one hundred year old, uh, right? A ceiling that you're you're enjoying your tea underneath. Mm-hmm. And what about? Can we talk a little bit about sort of the layout of a traditional tea, and then we can get in, in a second separate segment. We can talk about sort of the the tea promotion that you all are doing now. So originally, the afternoon tea was always. Featuring the presidents of the White House, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole story behind it is that it was actually the first ladies that were preparing and serving the tea. Mm. Hence the reason why we changed our concept to feature the first ladies. Excellent. So the desserts you'll see on display here will also be featuring uh, certain items from those first ladies. And I think Chef Brian can. Well, we'll talk about that when we get it later on the show. What are you guys pouring off 
first? How are we kicking this off? We're going to start with a um, champagne, a Sakura champagne that matches really well with the uh, Sakura cherry blossom season. Mm-hmm. We'd love to match that with the uh, with the dessert. So I'll get started on that right Excellent. now. Excellent. All right. Well, pop that. Let's uh, hear it. All right. Here it comes. Hi, Brian. Bada bing, bada boom. There we go. Oh. Excellent. We love a little right, party in studio. All right. So. Blaine. Blaine Welsh. You're the executive chef of all the destinations unknown restaurants, right? Yep. It's a wow. new change, but yeah. Something so can we talk works. about the... Thank you. That's beautiful. Do you sleep? No. That's a boring question. I don't think it's a boring question. I do. I think it's a boring question. I rest pretty well. Okay. Yeah. You look well rested, actually. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So can we talk about the concept of destination unknown restaurants, how you guys sort of started, what was your starting point, and how you grew? So destination unknown restaurants started with a speed Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which unfortunately they closed last year and we opened Ghost Burger. Right. Right before the pandemic, they signed a lease and opened Las Amelas, uh, the Taqueria. Mm-hmm. Then we opened up the Decino side as well over there. So right. it's been growing over about a six year period. But can we talk? All right. So that part I get. Yeah. Because yeah. I understand. But, but can we talk about the sort of intention of the concepts? So Espita was Mexican based. Yes. Um, and listen, we talked to you guys. During the pandemic, when Ghost Bus, uh, Ghost Burger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, when I haven't when even we had a sip Ghostbusters for the champagne time. yet. Right. Um, when Ghost Burger, you know, was created, mm-hmm. you know, when Ghost Kitchens were really like talked about a lot. Um, but how, what were the intentions with each of the concepts? Why Mexican cuisine? How are you building on that? How are you working on those menus and and incorporating the multi regions and food qualities of Mexico into the different concepts? So I think we've veered away from that a little bit with Ghost Burger. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I took over, I've, I've taken a more conscious shift in approach to that. And mm-hmm. my approach is not just me putting my ingredients out there. Mm-hmm. I'm usually sitting there with my sous chefs. Every single one of my sous chefs and management team in the back of house and all my restaurants are from Mexico. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of intention and design behind that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm sitting down and I'm looking at these menus, whether it's the Taqueria, whether it's Destino, whether it's Ghost Burger – I have to really look at my management team who's in there a little bit more than I am on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And we talk about what we want to create, what this space is. And every one of those spaces is unique. So with the Taqueria, we try to be a little bit more traditional, which is ironic because I'll get into something in a second, with the tacos. It's like, you know, I believe that no one really wants a frou-frou chef taco. People want to go get a taco. They want tacos. They want tacos. They want a good product. They want it simple. They want it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yessi, who's been the tortillera for six years now, okay. I really Is put her in charge. She's making the tortillas. Yep, she's making the tortillas. So all I, the tortillas are made fresh. Yep, I love every that. day, every single day. Do you see my motions? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. With my hand, I'm flipping the tortillas. Day. I know it's what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically, yeah. Every yes. single day, she nixtamalizes the corn. She does that. When I took over as executive chef, I really put a lot of pressure on her to be like, "You're making the tortillas. I really want you to have more." You know, I want you to be involved with making what we're putting on the tortillas. Oh. So a lot of the we, – we shifted the menu drastically, like very quickly to like what she wanted to eat, what she ate at home, what she mm-hmm. ate in her childhood. You know, with that, we're also doing a talk over the month, which we have a little bit of fun with. Some of it's been traditional. Some of it not so much. Mm-hmm. Like this month with July, I went with the gringo taco. We're doing hard shell. Okay. We're doing like the mixed cheese, like what you got – or what I got in the suburbs as a child. Oh, I know like exactly the, yeah, what it looks like. The taco seasoning, everything. Yeah. I just thought it would be funny since it's the uh, my whole July my whole throat just like, went dry. It's, I mean, it's, it's great though. It's you know, it's 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 you know, even every even all of the tortilla ladies who are from Mexico looked at it and laughed, and then they ate it and they were like, okay, 
Not so bad. They were like, all right, okay. I need this. I'm into it. But so in the making, uh, so let's start with the making of the tortillas just yeah. for a second, because I feel like for years that's something that actually was not happening in the city. And now you're sure. seeing more and more of it. What is the importance to you of it? And how do you work with her to make those tortillas? And is she just doing corn? Are we like, can we get a little deep in it? Yeah, we can definitely get deep into it. And this is something that I can say I, I kind of am hands off on. Okay. Um, I taste it every day. I see what's going on. I know what a good tortilla should taste like. But the, mm-hmm. in the mass amount that Yessie is making it, she is the professional in the building. Mm-hmm. I can make them at my house. Uh, the process behind making like an heirloom corn thing is takes about 18 hours in general. You have to sit, do a nixtamalization process. This means you cook the corn overnight for about an hour. You let it sit in what's called like slaked lime, which we mm-hmm. use in, you know, use in kitchens. You also use it in, you know, industrial use. After you do that, you mill it, you grind it, and then you have to build the masa with the water context. Yes, he's using hyper, like, huge machines. I have no idea how to use those. She does. She's the professional. So I go in and I kind of test, like, the environment. If it's, like, humid during the summertime, I tell her she might need to add a little bit more water, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. I can feel those things. But as far as, like, making the tortillas, I I stay out of that process. She, She knows what she's doing. I love that. We, we go but what's that. interesting, I mean, this is unlike lots of kitchens where, yeah. the, you know, the executive chef has to delegate certain things to yeah. to folks, um, but they're sort of anal retentive about, you know, being involved in every detail. And it's it's interesting to see you be able to step back and allow that to happen on its own. Well, I think you have an appreciation for the skills of the yeah. people who work for you. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I do have that anal retentiveness, that OCDness of chefs. He's like, yeah, don't do. take that away from me. No, I have it, and there there are spaces where I have it. But for me, I really don't think I'm doing a good job as a manager if I can't sit back and trust the team that I've put in place. I love that. I haven't truly done my job well if I can't be like, you need to take care of this. I'm going to record mm-hmm. that. Well, I have you know? okay, I'm going to play so that for my let's people. Let's talk about Destino yeah. and how that grows from the different concepts, like how things change. So Destino over there, I think that's where I get to really be a little bit more playful with mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it is definitely Mexican-inspired, but we've kind of leaned into, or I've leaned into, how can we take Mexican ingredients and really showcase what we do in America and American cuisine and what we're using as far as, like, produce and things like that? Because mm-hmm. I'm not Mexican. So I, I would feel uncomfortable if, being the chef of that restaurant, I was doing 100% Mexican food. Right. Yes, he and my sous chef team have a lot of input on mm-hmm. what we're doing. But right now, like, we're doing a, a corn tamal. But instead of having a mole with it, I made a corn bird blanc. Mm. So something a little bit more American that showcases what we're doing in the region, seasonality, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. The enchilada we're doing right now, you know, it's still an enchilada with a pipion blanco sauce, which is a mole but that, that's made with nuts, basically. It's the best way to put it. But inside, it's rabbit and spring peas. Mm. That's not something you're going to see in Mexico. No. You know. Right. And how does your team respond to that? How do they work with sort of your chefier ways of doing things? And not to mention, since most of them are from Mexico, the availability for of products is totally different. So a couple of my sous chefs, one of my sous chefs in particular, Susie, has a lot of experience. She worked for Fabio Trabocchi for mm-hmm. a long time, so she understands the process and creative and the thinking of that. Mm. Her and I can go back and forth, even though we don't speak the same language, on what we want to do. I think usually at first they're a little perplexed with the ingredients I'm choosing because they wouldn't think of that or they wouldn't have – they don't eat rabbit that much down there. Or no. like they don't have, you know um, – And rabbit, well, it's delicious, but it is – there's a lot of issues with rabbit in restaurants. Yes. Like there's a, there is a clientele that understands it and gets it. And then there's another clientele. I don't know what it is that is triggering for people when it comes to rabbit on the menu, but they are like, 
Rabbit? So we exactly found a way around that. Okay, tell me. I want to um, hear it. I have realized that I can basically put anything in an enchilada or a quesadilla, mm-hmm. and people will eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the word quesadilla or enchilada is before it, they won't. They just don't think about it. So that's where we got the idea. We're like, let's try this out. This enchilada is selling as You're much like as any sneaky. other one. Basically, You're like sneaking. Basically, it's like it I, in. I want people to try different things. What happened to that line? The educated yeah. consumer is our best customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, they're educated um, enough to know that they know, like quesadillas. They exactly. Right. And then they trust me to do the rest. Which exactly. Yeah. Which I love. That's very, very cool. Um, yeah, it's a, I don't know why rabbit is so triggering, but yeah. it is. It, it is. You know, we, we have pulpo on the menu. That's triggering, too, for people. Uh, pulpo is octopus. Um, oh, you you're know, kidding. Have, That's yeah, triggering? It can be, especially there's a documentary on Netflix yes. now. Yeah. You know, it can be a little triggering for people. Mm-hmm. You know, but, because they're so yeah. smart. Yes, because octopuses are smart, but they're not smart enough not to get caught and get eaten. I understand. Listen, we're animal lovers, but we still, I'm not a vegetarian. I can't, it's, I can't reconcile it. It's, you know, an animal is an animal is an animal. I think as long as you use it with intentionality, that's the only thing for me, the integrity of using the animal. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming right back. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. I'm drinking champagne. I don't know what you're doing. We'll be back in just a sec. You know, Nick, back in the day when I worked for Hex, the Hex Warehouse is over on uh, New York Avenue, and we hated being sent over there to do stuff because there was nowhere to eat for lunch. It was a wasteland. Well, not anymore. So the Ivy City area has exploded. And, you know, the very first restaurant over there was the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Now, this is a great neighborhood restaurant, but it's also a destination restaurant. First of all, they smoke all their seafood, and that is incredible. But it also is a huge kitchen that does amazing dishes, fresh seafood, great burgers, the whole deal. But the space is what you really need to check out. An amazing outdoor patio where you want to sit and have cocktails. They do live music there all the time and other live shows. And there is a great event space. So if you're looking for a place to hold a wedding or have a party, you definitely want to check out the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Well, it's uh, about 20 years too late, but now I have a good reason to go over to Ivy City and the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast, Chef Blaine. Let's talk about Ghost Burger while we still have some time. Yeah, yes. What's happening there? Apparently the fries there kill. Well, so can we just start? Ghost Burger, as I said earlier in the show, was started during the pandemic. Yes. It took over the Aspita space. Yep. Can we talk about its growth? Yeah. Um, it's it's We're seeing a lot of positive growth. There meet, might be some interesting things coming down the pipe that I can't really say yet. Nobody's but, listening. You, know. you can tell us. You can tell us and you can kill us. It, right? Yeah, it's it's not there yet, but we're, we're very excited to see the growth at Ghost Burgers. Mm-hmm. And, we're and can we talk about how it changed from being this, like, to-go only concept to a brick and mortar and the kind of offerings that you have? Yeah, so I feel like, you know, my partners, Josh and Kelly, they really saw what we were doing at Espida and Las Gemelas, and they realized they, they had their passion, their Mexican restaurant split there, and they were just like, you know, Ghost Burgers are really doing well. We mm-hmm. need to give it a flagship. Menu at Ghost Burger includes yeah. what, real fast? So we've got burgers there at night. You got burgers. You got a Philly cheesesteak because you know Josh and Kelly, the owners, they're from Philly, mm-hmm. doing that thing. Crispy chicken sandwich, a new fish fillet sandwich. We've got French fries, onion rings. Mer- you know, just classic burger and fried. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, and then good. you guys have a brunch. We do have a brunch. We just revamped the whole menu, and, and that's what going. Is it? That's like playful diner food at this point. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would say, like, a better version of what you would find at, like, a Waffle House. You know, just we're doing, like, doing a three-egg omelet with – that's a Denver omelet on the inside. We're, we're doing uh, shakshuka, which is a really fun take on shakshuka we're doing. 
Um, doing a breakfast burger. I mean, you have to do brunch because DC is such Big a brunch, brunch town. Right? Yeah, it's a shocking thing for me. I'm from Chicago. It's not as brunch heavy there as it is here. So I'm still leaning into that. Still learning. Really? That. Yeah. yeah that I mean, here. I feel like brunch is kind of popular everywhere. But the brunch culture here is very unique. It's very unique. Yeah, 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 yeah people yeah. want to spend their entire day brunching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's a thing here. They want to start yeah. at 11. They want to roll home at like four. Yeah, five brunch days. in Chicago is like. That's <laughs> Am I your calling you game. out? Yeah. What is happening over there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick. Yeah. Ghost Burger started during the, the pandemic. pandemic. Yep. It was all home delivery. Yep. Now we can dine in. Yeah. What's the home delivery? Have you shrunk the home delivery radius? No. No? No. We're so still, how far we're, out will you go? I mean, I don't, unfortunately. Not to Kensington. Yeah, we're not coming out to the suburbs just yet. What's the matter with you people? Uh, I know. We're trying. Right. We're trying to get there for you guys. Um, I know we're going as far as. Georgetown right now. I can't give you the exact schematics of the okay. radius. Okay. All right. But it is cool um, that you guys do that. And what's coming up for you all? Anything, anything so, that you want to well, share? Well, according to the Supreme Court, I'd like to say you can go ahead and discriminate against <laughs> Kensingtonians who can't get ghost burgers. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. I'm not going to not gonna comment on that today. <laughs> anything coming up for us? We, we are doing burgers of the month. Uh, this mm-hmm. month, it's actually hot dog. It's going to be really fun since I'm from Chicago. We're doing so wait, it's a hot dog. dog burger or it's just no, a hot dog? No, it's just a hot dog. So <laughs> hot dogs. we're bringing the hot dog in as you, the burger of the did month. Did I give you an idea? You should do a hot dog burger. That's going to be no. really challenging. No, that looks like a, a lamb kebab. No. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm against that and rabbit. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank Tell you guys us where so much we can find us. you guys in your restaurants, please. So you can find me at uh, La Samelas or Destino, which is 1284th Street Northeast, or you can find us over in Shaw at 12. 40 or 1259th Street. Excellent. Northwest. What about on Instagram? Uh, that's going to be Ghostburger DC. Uh, La Samelis is the Instagram name and Destino as well. Excellent. Thank yeah. you, Chef. Thank you. All right. All right, so- guys. Well, the the bubbles were um, pretty fabulous. That's uh, a nice way to start the show. Whose Thank idea you. was it to, to, to have to sort of create this homage to the first ladies? Was it just a, like a thing you came up with? or It, it was our marketing director, Michelle yeah. uh, Klarman, I think, mm-hmm. I believe, came up with the. Uh, and uh, is the every idea. first lady mm-hmm. somehow. Not every. Well, not every. We joked about going there, but we didn't, we didn't end up going there. So how did you incorporate it. the First Ladies into this uh, Well, with activity. the desserts, we did something similar with the, the President's Afternoon Tea, uh, where we would match sort of a, a favorite dish of a, a president um, to a, a tea pastry. And so, mm-hmm. so for this menu, we have um, – we have uh, Michelle Obama's pink crystal, so it's a pink uh, raspberry macaroon. Mm-hmm. We have Jackie Kennedy's uh, strawberry Romanoff uh, pillbox hat. So it's it's a pastry shaped like a pillbox hat, uh, but then it's uh, her, one of her favorite desserts was a uh, strawberry Romanoff. So th- things along those lines. So did you have to do a lot of research to come up with these things and then get creative with them? We we did, but I mean you can find anything on Google nowadays, so it goes <laughs> it goes it goes pretty fast. We had a lot of options. Okay, well yeah. that's exciting. And then uh, you say to Chad GBT, make my menu for me. Yeah, Can we talk year. a little bit about the teas? I'm a huge, as I told you both off air, I'm a huge tea drinker. Andy also loves tea. Um, how did you go about sourcing your teas? We actually had a lot of offers from multiple companies that were willing to work with us. We've had tea leaves uh, that reached out to us. But we ended up uh, settling with, or not settling, we, we chose Daman as our product. Mm. It's a very, very nice product from France. And they even incorporated their own blend based on the St. Regis standard. So we have our own St. Regis blend within Daman. And what is that blend? I mean, what are the flavor notes that we're looking for? It's a for? very fruity, very complex um, 
tea. Mm-hmm. It is individual tea leaves that we put together. Um, there's some sliced and dried out orange in there. There mm-hmm. is some black tea in there and some black currant in there. Excellent. All right. Well, why don't you guys pour that? Absolutely. And then we'll dig in deep in a little bit. Next up is the, the man himself. He's got, what, All six right. or seven um, uh, jackets from Foodie and the Beast for being on. You heard like the 28th time. The you've first been time you came on was for um, Rum Day. Rum, Rum, Rum Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. That, at that Which point, is coming up, right? Yeah, it's August 16th is Rum Day. We're trying to figure out what we're doing for that. Um, yeah, so that was the first iteration. Um, then of I, you oh, and yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I've created my life like six times so far. So, you know what I mean? All right. So well, let me ask you right off the bat. House Bar is your What is how, it? House, thing. house Bar is the next uh, iteration of home entertainment, uh, but it's a wine and spirit shop. It's still, people say, is it, is it a liquor store? But it's more than just a wine and spirit store. It's about home entertaining. It's about making better drinks at, at home. You know, during the pandemic, everybody started becoming a home bartender or trying to be a home bartender. Um, Everybody just wanted to, like, take that edge off. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, but we want to provide an experience um, that allow people to have restaurant or cocktail quality ingredients at home. So we wanted to give you a, a, an experience that you could have at a restaurant, but do it at your home. Mm-hmm. All right. Where is House Bar? First House Bar is at 12, in Navy Yard, 1299 Navy First Street, Right by that stadium under uh, Dakota. So, so right. how do you activate that? So it's it's is it primarily a spirit shop, and then you're doing classes and stuff. Like, walk us through how you're sort of getting your mission out to the public. Yeah. So when you walk into House Bar, it's unlike any other liquor store. It's not like you know you go to the liquor store, you used to see cases on the wall and boxes and mm-hmm. a thousand products. What we have done at House Bar is curate a very fine selection of spirits. Um, that are has some traditional heritage brands and the, and the, uh, the old school brands, but a lot of um, independent brands, a lot of women-owned, black-owned brands that don't get kind of you know, seen because they don't have the major names behind them. Well, right, you but- and I have talked about this before, about the uh, lack of financing to minorities, yes. black and women, especially yes. in the distilled and spirits industry and yes. wine, yes. although we're seeing... Yes, we're, we're seeing louder voices, and yes. so we're seeing change. So, how do you go about sourcing, and how are you raising those voices up? Yeah, you know, for us as a as a a spirits uh, originally a spirits entrepreneur and a wine entrepreneur, I've always been in that space where I've seen these uh, individuals create products and they get awards, and then they don't get any and distribution. Then nothing. Then, right. And nothing. That, so, at Houseball, we're able to reach out to those people and give them a space to kind of sew their products. And and when people come in, they're like, wow, I've never heard of, like we have a, a, a two vodkas, one called Black Leaf Vodka, which is owned by uh, African-American here in D.C., um, and Vusa Vodka, which is an African sugarcane vodka mm. that people would never have heard of. But when they come in the store and they're able to taste it, like, wow, I would have never have known this product because they're not, you know, they're not the the big brand from Texas or the brand from. Well, they're not places. the ones with the money behind it. They're not the ones it. with the money behind it. But if they have an opportunity to get liquid to lips, mm-hmm. um, that Ooh, I changes. I like that. Liquid to that's lips. That's you should have named it. <laughs> liquid to lips. I'm writing that down. Yeah, so, liquid so, to lips. So at our, our, at our store, we're able to give those experiences, and it's an experiential store. So we're able to have liquid to lips. And then we also have partnered with a lot of local. Um, so we have 250 Barbecue. Um, where they give us, we, we we sell their brisket and their pulled pork. We sell um, empanadas. As in, to, as in to take that home? As, a, as people to take that home. 
Okay. Empanadas from Colada Shop that you can come take home and cook. Their stuff is so good. Yeah, it's great. And so people don't usually have those kind of opportunities when they go into a a, a wine and spirit store. Right. Yeah. So but, we also have boozy ice cream. We have charcuterie. We get fresh bread every day. We have caviar. Yeah. Which is so it, we're doing. So a lot it's of really things. a market. Yes, yes. For entertaining. But yes, I call it a home entertainment store. All right, and okay. that's because I wanted to get into the consumer experience. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yes, right there. But if I want to like have the right kind of home bar mm-hmm. accoutrement, yes, which is Chinese for accoutrement. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when I come in there. How do you? I mean. Because there's a there's a, an education yeah, portion so, of this too. So great part I, about, I want to have a great bar, but I I would be on yeah. tonic water. I don't know what to yeah, have. But we but we know that you know people don't be overwhelmed when they come to a store. They want to feel welcome. So you come in, you're like you're coming into someone's home. Mm-hmm. You come to House Bar. We have a tap program where every week we have a different cocktail on tap that allows a consumer to say, hey, we're this is a uh, this is the cocktail of the week. And usually it's a brand that says, hey, we want to be exposed this week. So we're like doing, I think. Uh, Two weeks ago, it was Bayab Gin, which is an African gin, and we mm-hmm. partnered with Kane Collective out of Baltimore with their mixers. And so that that you got that product on tap. People He's so taste, great. Oh, Aaron and yeah. Ezra are the, are the best. They're like yeah. our, our little brothers. So you're able to taste the cocktail. He's very tall. Bigger, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> bigger little brother. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's not hard to be taller than me. That's that's, well, that's, that's, that's somebody's got to be bigger than you somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise we'd all kill ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But so so you're able to then try the cocktail. You're right. like, oh, I can make this at home, and so that gives people the confidence to say, oh, it's easy. I can make it at home. These products are readily available, so it makes will, it really accessible. You, I mean, this this is a little much, but will you? Come to my home and, you know, they would see my bar set up, see what I've got. I mean, and, if and, and you help pay them. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I mean, will you do, oh, we are you like California closets where you come and see oh, what my problem it's is? It's funny. And- we're, we're thinking about those type of uh, of services when people want them yeah, because cause a lot of people want to know, like, I want to have a good bourbon collection. What does a good bourbon collection mean? It's no different than a wine and, collection. And so you, right. you have to take the time. And our, our associates... I mean, we've been very lucky to have very knowledgeable associates, and they're also always learning. So when you come in and say, "Hey, I want a, a bourbon that I've never had before," mm-hmm. they, they, what kind of style do you want? Do you want you know traditional Kentucky bourbon? Do you want you know a, a bourbon from Virginia? Or, right. What does it what does it matter? And we well, have, and I think actually what you're kind of tapping into is people are being more intentional about what they're putting on their bar yes. and having a narrative, like going into your store and finding out about a sugarcane vodka. Yes. And what that means and how that changes the taste profile exactly. and the story and the people behind it. I think people I think are, I would love that. Oh, yeah. People I mean, are more interested in in being educated about what they're consuming. Yeah. And, and what's what's very interesting is that this year, liquor stores in general are down about twenty five percent. You know what I mean? Because Because of the pandemic? Because people are going back outside again. Right. right? But stores like us are 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 growing because people want that experience. No, because it's a lifestyle store, yes, not exactly. a not exactly. A okay, store. we have to take a quick break. I don't want to. I know. We're gonna come back. <laughs> okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to our friend Clyde Davis, who's the managing partner of House Bar, which is a really a lifestyle. Distilled spirits experience. I really. can't wait to come down and check oh, it out. Man. How it many was, square feet do you have? I mean, uh, this sounds like it's, it's a very small store. It's about a thousand square feet. It's a very get small out of here very, and you sell all that stuff. Yeah, but wait, it's, it's very, in the Navy Yard. Where is so, it? So right, right on the corner of First and Inn, where the TD Bank is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, next to the Best Western, under Dakota. 
Oh, a lot I of times people, they come in thinking that it's Dakota. Like, they're actually, how much does it cost to get in? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I look like security and You know what days. you say? You say a thousand bucks. That's what it costs to get in. All right, so you have your own main yes, spirits. Yes, so we have our own line of spirits because when people come into House Bar and they, they say, hey, I want X brand that we don't carry. We're like, well, we have a great vodka or a great bourbon that we've hand curated, and the mm-hmm. line is called One Part. Um, this is one part bourbon that I poured for everybody, which is it's delicious. It's a four year old bourbon, and it's a bourbon bourbon. Like mm-hmm. it does everything you expect the bourbon to do, and it comes in at thirty dollars, so it's also very affordable. Mm. Not and much of a burn. It's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're That's very excited fair. about the one part brand, the one part vodka, the one part gin. We also have hand selected uh, single barrels um, from the likes of uh, Tumbling Dice, Copper Fox. We just got a new barrel from Jefferson's Reserve. Hmm. So we, we have all the kind of fun, cool stuff that um, me and the team have actually selected. And so it's really special when people come in there, try it, and they're like, oh, I didn't know that this existed. And it becomes, some of their stuff becomes their favorite stuff. And let's talk about, like, working with local, because there's so many distilleries locally yes. now. Um, and most, I mean, almost everybody who's in the business is super passionate about what they're doing. And they're not just, I mean... You don't just make money in this business, yes, right? Yes, so yes. Um, can you talk about like how you incorporate them and their stories and what you're yeah, doing? Well, we are very big on – we're hyper-local. Like our mm-hmm. bread is brought to us every day, cooked, cooked fresh every day. We're partnering with different restaurant groups. Um, when it comes to local spirits, we're finding the best of the best of the local spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not good enough to say, I'm from D.C., carry my stuff, or right. I'm from Northern Virginia, carry my stuff. And we just don't have the space to just carry. We would love to carry everybody from D.C., mm-hmm. but we're trying to find the very special elements of those things. So when people come in and they see a spirit from D.C., they're going to get the best from that distiller at House Bar. Mm-hmm. So we always want to show uh, people's best, the, them in their best light. I Do you that. get into suggesting the kind of glassware to have for different spirits? Some of our uh, some of our associates are more uh, knowledgeable about that. Myself, I just like. Use the cups you have. <laughs> so, so, but, well, I'm a but glass. Get brush out of that cup and put the bourbon in there. Right? So is my husband. I'm glass obsessed. Like yes, I collect yes. vintage cla- cocktailware. Yeah, I love it. And we we have stuff from like Cocktail Kingdom for mm-hmm. like for barware. We don't sell glass here yet because it's just a space requirement. Right. But we do have like you know all the copper uh, all the Cocktail Kingdom barware. We just have a line of picnic baskets that we just have, so you can grab a picnic basket, grab a bottle of wine, grab a couple. You what? know, July is National Picnic Month. Hey, that's just, it happens to be that we, that's when we lost our picnic basket. <laughs> you know what else? We could probably get a consulting job with you for how to keep large dog tails from knocking over vintage glass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's funny because we have a very dog friendly environment. Navy Yard is everybody. We are not bringing yeah. our dogs yes, but, uh, to your it, it's, place. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a thing. Our dogs but, are more like cows. Anyway, that so tail is going to knock over we, those we bottles. We thought about how we place things in the store because people come in there. And you don't want a dog knocking over a $150 bottle of scotch. No. Not only that, you don't want their nose in the charcuterie <laughs> yeah, either. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's tell everybody warehouse no, no, no. is. No, he's not done time? with that. We've got... We have more time? Yeah, oh, and good. I want to say... You, listen, you've been on a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. You're involved in a, a variety of projects. Can we talk about something that's very important to you right now yeah, that you're so, working on? Um, my company, 75 Proof Beverage uh, Solutions, um, we specialize in... Um, Sales consultant for black-owned and women-owned brands that don't get the kind of support from local distribution and stores. So, I you know care. I my clients are all black-owned and women-owned brands, but also we're passionate about getting um, people underrepresented people into the spirits business. Mm-hmm. So, I partnered in New Orleans with a company called Turning Tables, that is a nonprofit that looks at 
taking minorities in the service industry and find them pathways to management, whether that be through becoming sommeliers, whether that be becoming through distillation. So we started a, a program to help uh, people in the service industry get into spirits and sales. Mm-hmm. So I go down there, train the team on how to sell spirits. We have our first client, which is Sorel, um, which is a liqueur out of um, a New York, um, mm-hmm. double gold winning uh, hibiscus um, liqueur. And so we're able to give these people the opportunity to get the experience in order to become sales reps at different distributors. I go to distributors my whole last 15 years, and it's probably been one time where I wasn't the only black person in the room. Mm. And so they, and they say, hey, we want to hire more uh, black and uh, minorities, but we don't have, we don't have, we don't find anybody with any experience. So Listen, we're giving the people experience. There was a legit glass ceiling yes. in the business. Yes. It was a yeah. pre- predominantly white man yes. business, yes. especially when it came to sales, Especially right? when it came to sales. So now we want to give opportunities so these people can get the experience they need. Mm. So when they're applying for these jobs, they say, oh, I've been selling, you know, this liqueur for this many years. So it's a great opportunity. It's really good for me because my, my whole um, ethos is try to be the person I needed when I was younger. You know what I mean? Because when I was young, I needed somebody like me to say, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Because we were just kind of just Throwing things at the wall. Does that work? Does that work? And now, but now um, I think what you can say is it's working. It's working. It's working totally. very well right now. Tell everybody where they can find you at House Bar. Uh, House Bar is at twelve nine nine First Street uh, Southeast in the Navy Yard. Uh, Instagram it's Live House Bar. Okay, Great. and um, Liquid to Lips hashtag. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> She's gonna steal that. <laughs> That's my hashtag now. You're so brilliant. Yeah, I know. Know. My <laughs> hashtag now. All right, let's go back to some tea. So. You don't just pour that one St. Regis tea. Correct? We do not. No, we so have. Can we talk about the rest of the tea program and the kind of teas you're pouring? Yeah, of course. So we we have a lot of herbal infused teas on our menu. I mm-hmm. think we have a total of thirty different tea leaves mm. available for you anytime. I'd like to read them when you're done. Okay. Please, <laughs> but yeah, I have pumped. the menu with me, so please. Uh, <laughs> and how are you going about? Like, what's the process because you know some places when you go for an afternoon tea they sort of bring out everything at once some places you start with scones or you end with scones can we go through sort of the the experience how do you guys roll it out of course it's like you said the the afternoon tea culture in the city is very big and mm-hmm. people would like to sit for multiple hours mm-hmm. so usually when i, think I said that about brunch but i'll go with tea too go ahead both of them yes both of them. <laughs> Um, so th- from the moment the guest comes in, we start with offer them a round of champagne. We'll bring out our pastries mm-hmm. and we will go into the sandwiches right after that. Okay. And, and then tea? Tea will come right after the champagne. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I have a question. Wait, when are the scones? That's the most important part. Scones come with the pastries. We actually start with the uh, the tea sandwiches first. And then okay. After you enjoy four different tea we, sandwiches. We had- we were there, which, I know. Which we are were, incredible, I by, know the, by the way. we were there, but know, other people were I'm not saying, there. But you're asking that question, so. Okay. Yeah. So, I'd the like food, to, food's good. Yes. The food's, food's really good. But yeah. I have a question. Hurry. We, it must happen that somebody comes in Somebody comes in for, for tea, and they bring somebody along who says, like me, I'm not a tea drinker. What do you give them to say, oh, you're, when you try this, you're going to fall over? The coffee guys. <clears throat> To, the to, coffee guys to, to convert them. Yes, you don't need to be converted. Well, I'm saying because I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I drink coffee. So what? I'm just saying when I come to <laughs> you're not there tea, for coffee. You're there I for tea. To, I know, but what do you give me to? Is like if you don't like tea, you drink this. You're going to love tea. There must be that one thing. 
He's I like, mean, no. No, I mean, it's an afternoon tea experience that you're coming in <laughs> right. for. <laughs> and want, right, and if you want coffee, go someplace else. Oh, we haven't met anyone who doesn't like the you're signature. You're all a bunch of anti-coffeeites. Okay. <laughs> What would you? Um, what are you guys pouring at? This room is unbelievable. We've actually got our uh, Alcazaba, which is Arabic for Citadel cocktail, that it's only featured in uh, in Alhambra, our restaurant that just launched, mm-hmm. um, and it's a Los Siete Misterios based spirit. Excellent. Okay, while you guys are doing that, we're gonna go into well, Mr. Bates. It, it is rare that we scoop the Today Show. I mean, I have to say that. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you know how many times people either came from the Today Show or were going to the Today well, Show before they were on the you're show? You're taking the stuffings out of my lead-in. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do me a favor, Staizita, okay? okay, which is Italian. Okay, we all so, know that. So, Kareem, you're known as Mr. Bake. Yes. Why even bother with Kareem? You're you're a 2023 James Beard semifinalist. Mm-hmm. You're an amazing, amazing, amazing pastry Thank chef. Thank you so much. And you've got the buzzes out on you. Yes. So, let's start with how Mr. Bake became Mr. Bake and how you came on our show. I mean, years ago. Yes. So shy. It was, it was, um, it was my first time. It was uh, 2020 right before we actually went into pandemic and shutdown. Actually, it was was my second show that had aired. That's all right. It was like our first date. You were so shy. (laughs) But but you were doing something then and you have evolved over the years. So can we talk about what you started with and then your growth? Yes. Um, So, I mean, I think the piece that you want to talk about mainly is, is where I was transitioning my like rewriting my business plan at the time, um, as well as trying to create or just actually challenging myself to do competitions and be just honestly just grow the brand. Right. That's when we actually first met. Right. Because um, you were doing more cakes. I was I was doing a right. lot of custom cakes, right. a lot of all occasion um, weddings, birthdays, and things of that nature. And I had did my second competition show, which came from me wanting to create space for more people that look like me in, mm-hmm. in food media. Um, mm-hmm. when I looking co- guys in baseball caps? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I think, are you trying to, okay. No. Yes, All right. Yes. No. <laughs> You're a smooth no, coming. I'm mm-hmm. for one team. But, oh, I just uh, want yeah. to make sure. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just drawing my line, that's all. <laughs> And I appreciate that. But yes, Mm. um, so basically what I did was started to charter the path to create a space for openly black and queer folks in the food media industry. When I looked at what I saw out there, there was nobody that represented me. And I said, you know what? It's given to me. I'm just going to create and chart that path. And that's exactly what I've been doing. So how do you manifest that? Because you obviously you have a... A terrific personality Thank with you. a gorgeous smile, and you're that, but out oh, there. Hater. But yeah, <laughs> let him hate. Um, but how do you how do you incorporate that into your business model and what you're making? Like, let's tell people like you're at La Phantom now, yes, mm-hmm. which is a terrific space. Thank you. And but you're executing you. there. Yes. But let's talk about what you're executing, how you're serving, and then how you're, you know, raising other people up as well. Absolutely. So what we do, uh, I am currently a ghost kitchen at Le Fontaine, which is in Riverdale, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, is it Le Fontaine? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay, Le good. F- I knew it's, that. It's fine. Okay, no, it's good. French for ghost. Yes. Um, so, and basically there, what we do is we obviously are servicing now just grab and go desserts. So your cupcakes, our award-winning banana pudding, mm-hmm. and brownies and miniature pies. I also have created 
created a space for other black men who are queer who bake and now I've taken them under my wing and I'm showing them all the ways in which I was able to create a sustainable brand um, and teaching them and then also giving them other skill sets um, to evolve their cake decorating or baking levels. So how does how do people find you? Like how I mean that's a, such a niche audience. I mean are you And your store is it kind of Lower and, and above ground, yeah. and you got to come in around top and order from the store to be bought. Yes. Yeah, so you can find us on Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, mm-hmm. so all of your delivery services. Mm-hmm. You can also go on my website directly, MrBigSweets.com. Um, you could come directly into the food hall and order, order from there, the which Key is what we did. Yes. Okay, yeah. wait, we have to take a break. Uh, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to the celebrated Mr. Bake. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But I have a I have a question. Celebrated gonna... and celebrating. Yes, yes, yes. He's a celebratory mm-hmm. kind of guy. He is. But I have <laughs> a question him. that takes us to a different place because yesterday's Supreme Court decision about the right of a service provider to essentially Thursday that was Thursday. Yesterday was a whole bunch of other atrocities. Oh, yesterday was some other stuff. But uh, uh, within a, these last two days, a service <laughs> provider to to discriminate essentially against any anybody who requests that service that they feel. They don't want to serve because of their religious beliefs or whatever. Yeah, but it was specific that, to the LBGTQIA It community. was. So does that create any kind of a, do you feel that creates any kind of a dilemma for you as a service provider in your business? Um, as an openly black gay man, I, I'm grateful that I live in an area like the watch, like the DMV, where we're a little bit more liberal, we're a little bit more open um, to that. But also I fear for, you know, my queer business owners in smaller rural areas that will be getting hit and plunged with all type of hate crimes, all type of, oh, I'm not doing business with you, which had already been plaguing them before this um, right. Supreme Court judgment. Um, and I know we talked a little bit offline, but I like to say that me personally, all good business isn't good business. So I would say no to someone who is rude or, you know, to be even through emails. Like, you can hear tones through email. We all know that. Yes. You know, as my per, as per my following email, that, you know, that tone. I've said no to people all the time because all money, all good money isn't, all money isn't good money. And I tell people, I worked really hard to love and respect the person that I've become. I'm not going to sit there and allow you to continue to smack me in my face. So you. I'm going to say no. And mm. I'm okay with that. Well, and not only do I applaud it, but there's the other side of it, right? Like, as an ally, an active ally, yeah. I'm not going to patron places that I feel that are not inclusive yeah. at all. You know, And I, I think there's going to be some major lines drawn in the sand. Listen, you're right. We live in the DMV. With, talk about a bubble. Like, yeah. we're all, most of us are on the same page here on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, six steps over there Absolutely. and you're in a different world. And I... I don't want any part of it. No, it's I agree. not that far away. Listen, I don't think you can find a, a live Republican in D.C. or Montgomery County, but you go into Virginia, and they've got Glenn oh, Duncan. they're booming in game. They yeah. booming and banging. Yeah, I think absolutely. Rolling them out <laughs> on a field somewhere. They are, you know what? That's the problem. They are banging, and they're pretending that they're not. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. very much so true. So you know what it does though too, as a business owner, then it takes me now saying that I have to really get into the politics. You know what I mean? Especially now in Maryland, but it shouldn't be that way. You should just you do know your what? We're business. All if you want to get into the politics, you get into the politics. You know, know. Let me tell you something. If you want to be, I call myself a thought leader and a game changer. You have to go where the fight is at. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting us, and they're bringing it to our doorstep. Then I need to go to the fight. I agree. That's it. And you're gonna you're gonna change them with sugar. Absolutely, and a smile each day. Right. <laughs> you already know that. So Here's what's what's next for you in your baking world? What are we looking oh, forward to? Um. So right now we actually are growing out our retail. 
um, items, which is our cake in the jar, which you can find on our website. Mr. Which Baked is Sweets. delicious. Thank you, MrBakeSweets.com. Uh-huh. Um, so we are going to be shipping, and we're actually looking to change the model in the food hall. So we're actually going to have some kind of retail space where you can grab and go the banana oh, pudding, good. Good. as uh-huh. well as the cake in the jars. And then we're going to switch to kind of doing a lot of the um, wholesale and big orders, because we already service three restaurants in the DMV. A lot of people don't know. I work with Georgia Browns. Uh-huh. I work with a black-owned ice cream shop called Here's the Scoop off of Georgia Avenue. Which is amazing. Yeah, and I worked with a speakeasy bar, 600 T Street, which is right by um, the Howard Theater. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And maybe with our friend Clyde there sitting next to you. You already know. I was thinking of I that mean, already. You, uh, I'm he, thinking you should be putting. I saw him pull out his checkbook. Uh, no, but I think there should Clyde. What about some uh, booze in too, the Clyde banana Clyde. pudding? I already was thinking that. I think a little rum, it's, it's some Barbadian rum. We, I do have um, a boozy ice cream there. and. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about, you know, desserts, because like, again, mm-hmm. dessert is part of the home entertainment experience. Of course. Um, right now, we just have the boozy ice cream, but I, was, I saw the banana pudding, I saw the cupcakes, like, oh, okay, I may have a little something. Love- and that's not the, that's only just the beginning, my yeah. brother. Please yes. note yes. that the sky is the limit when it comes yes. to desserts. I hear yes. you. All right. It's always a match like, made in heaven. Such a treat to see you. And I want to just say, everybody should remember Chefs for Equality is back yes. October 30th. It is the only event in the D.C. area that celebrates the LBGTQIA community. Every chef in the city participates, uh, including Mr. Vakes uh, here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so glad we're back. There are still tables so glad. available. There are, well, Not many. Early on, but um, it's going to be an A-Ring Circus, and we are here because the State of the Nation is calling us Absolutely. to do it again. Absolutely. Okay, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yes, you can find me at MrBakeSweets.com, mm-hmm. MrBakeSweets on Instagram, MrBakeSweets on Twitter. Everything is very generic. You can also just Google Mr. Bake and you'll find a slew of information on me. Awesome. Right, and your beautiful face. Okay. All right. Now, I'm sure they've never been called this before, but the dudes from the St. Regis. <laughs> <laughs> they've definitely never my, been called that before. Own. There's our, no our, way you our, guys have been our, called that before. Our hotel GM calls okay, us dudes. So are those, by, by the way, <laughs> are those shoes right. edible? They are. Yeah, it's a white, chocolate? White, white chocolate, they are chocolate. Uh, high heel shoes. Okay. Yeah. Could we talk scones for a little bit? I love. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I love scones, but there's so many different varieties. So how did you wind they've up on the kind you're serving? Baked. The secret, they've got to be fresh baked. But yeah, yeah, you know, we would like to, we, we like to focus, uh, showcase several, several uh, scones. Well, it depends on the season. So we have several seasonal afternoon teas. So we've got cherry blossom tea. Mm-hmm. So of course, dried cherries. Uh, and then we've got, uh, you know, the win- winter time, we do a, a, a holiday tea. And so... We try to get inspired with that, you know, maybe peppermint, maybe, of course, cranberry mm-hmm. actually, or pumpkin, something along those lines. Right right now, it's a blueberry for the season. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. When I think, though, of tea season, I don't think of summer. Do you feel that people still come in for this in the warmer weather? Because they want the air conditioning? It's, it's, it, yeah, we still have uh, we have tea all all year. We're, we're busy with the tea Uh Cherry blossom is the most popular. Sure. And then comes the the holiday tea is also very popular. But I also assume like for like baby showers and sweet 16s or birthday it's, celebrations, like it's such a nice. Things are happening well, all, not only all that, year. What I, what I, I mean, I love the food. We had, a, we had a great time. Yes. The service was. It's really sublime. You know, yeah. And I, I have to say, because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm one of those people, I don't love like services too fawning. You know, it makes me uncomfortable. They were perfect. 
Literally perfect. And it was it's, great. It's the right Except he couldn't attention. get a cup of coffee. I mean, that was the only problem. Yeah. It's a shame. Hey, I man, can have a beer? No, right. but uh, <laughs> seriously, I mean, it was it was a great experience, and that's not I'm not built for that kind of thing normally, but it was a lot of fun. That's why I don't take him to a lot of places. Uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> what's home. what's up next for you guys? Anything that we can look forward to? Oh yeah, absolutely. We we want to plug Alhambra for sure. Let's I don't, do it. Have, have um, you, you must know a chef Ivan Zhivkovich from Ambar Restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was the executive chef there for last last ten years, and he he became sort of a local celebrity. Got Michelin Bib Gourmet, mm-hmm. um, and uh, opened several several restaurants with the group. He started with us at the St. Regis four months ago yeah. oh. as executive chef of our our restaurant Alhambra. So just a few months ago, we we launched his menu. It's outrageously good. We, oh, we want to invite you it. to come come and try uh, the, the, fl- the Not flavors. just us, all the listeners too. You're all invited. Yes, please. Yes, <laughs> please. We have you to all have reservations menu. tonight. Okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you for all of this today. Tell us where we can find information on you and the tea service and everything going on at the St. Regis here Absolutely. in D.C. So that's at St. Regis, Washington, D.C. or to St. Regis, Washington, D.C.com. And you'll find us on 923 Black Lives Matter Plaza. Excellent. Right across the White House. Yes. Excellent. Yes. It's got a great location. All right, babe, we got to wrap up. You want to give a... Yeah, I just want to you know, those, everybody knows that those pesky Russians are eating their own innards these days, and that's great for the Ukrainians, but there are still millions of Ukrainian refugees, uh, and I mean, people suffering in and out of Ukraine, along with lots of refugees all over the world that are suffering. So um, give to the Red Cross, give to Jose, give to wherever you can give. I don't care if it's a buck, five bucks, if it's a couple of bucks, you know, forego a latte once a month and give the money because there are a lot of people out there that are hurting that need help. Uh, And I want to thank all of you for joining us here today on July 4th weekend. So much fun is happening in and around the city. Go to thelistareyouwanted.com. You will find absolutely every July 4th event happening. And, of course, all the good eats and treats, like you heard here today in studio, is on that website. Follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and all the other social media platforms. Industry Night is now on YouTube. Check out who I'm talking to. Everybody be safe out there this holiday weekend. The air quality is not great. There'll be fireworks in the air. Just don't breathe. Lots of people will be drinking. So just uh, eat well, drink well, but be safe and have a delicious week. 